everybody. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Yes, today's date is May 22nd, 2017. And it's the day before the 28th. Yes. Which means what? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. And we're going to continue in our teaching of Enoch. And this is the covenant with the righteous. And it's teaching three in the book of Enoch. If you recall, a long time ago, in the beginning of the show, we talked about Enoch, the first Enoch, the book of first Enoch, that there were three teachings in there. Chapter 37 to 44 contained the first teaching, the age of the right, the age of righteousness. Teaching two was chapter 45 through 57, and it was the rejectors of God. We just finished that last week, the rejectors of God. And now we're on teaching three. We're going to go from 58 to 60, the covenant with the righteous. These are three teachings from the ancient book of First Enoch. I'll tell you this. We're going to talk about this covenant of the righteous today. I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. I believe that these are the words of God to the ancient patriarch Enoch, the seventh from Adam. I believe these are true. I'm not saying that these translations are not corrupted or defiled and there's problems with the translations and uh, because Satan tried to destroy this book for centuries. In fact, the Catholic Church, our beloved um, early church father, Augustine, uh, hated this book because of the teaching about the watchers, the fallen angels dating, uh, mating with the daughters of men, mm-hmm. creating a nephilim. Uh, it shows you where they were at. Their serpent seed, they hid this book. There was only one, one church, the, the uh, Ethiopian church. Ethiopian, Ethiopian Coptic church was the only church that preserved the book of Enoch, first Enoch in its entirety in their language. Uh, and then it was found, fragments were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Anyway, the march continues to destroy the book and discredit it among academia. And I'm going to talk about that in another show. But for me, I have faith that these are the words. And I believe that, you know why? Because, well, Jude, the half-brother of Christ, quoted it. Peter talks about it. Words of Jesus certainly allude to Enoch, Paul, the New Testament, Old Testament writings. It goes hand in hand with scripture. I think we've shown that in the last five shows. It's an incredible teaching. It shows you who the son of man is. It reveals Christ. Now, any teaching that points to Jesus Christ and reveals that he is God made in the flesh and his redemption for mankind and reversing what the watchers did, the fallen angels did, is of God. It can't be of Satan because right. Satan will never point to Christ. Mm-hmm. You see, only Satan will discredit those things that point to Christ. He's the mm-hmm. only one who'll do that. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I believe wholeheartedly that this is truth. Yeah, there's problems. Of course, there's problems with the text. There's problems with the New Testament text also, you know, mm-hmm. many problems. Yep. But it doesn't discount the content, the spirit behind it. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides you through truth. You might hear my voice. You might hear our teaching, but it's the Holy Spirit that's quickening truth to you Mm -hmm. when you hear it. Not me, 
not Miss Kapow. No. It's the Holy Spirit. That's right. That gives you, can, you discernment and exactly. knowledge and wisdom. Yep. You going to say something? No, I was going to just say what you just said. But you beat me to it. beat you it. to it. So I'm going to do another, hopefully another little uh, show, a 6.5. And I'm going to talk about some of the scholarly work that I've discovered on Enoch and some of the heresy and the destruction that's uh, being attempted on this book. But anyway, so you know where I stand. I believe that these are the original words and thoughts given to the seventh from Adam. I do not believe that were written by some unknown person in the second temple period, sometime exactly. after Babylon, who then tried to make sense out of the Genesis account uh, by using Mesopotamian uh, culture and, uh, you know, mythos. Yes. I don't believe in that nonsense because once I believe in that, then the whole spirit behind it falls apart because right. now it's a book about lies. A guy pretending to be Enoch wrote it. So he's a liar and no liars entered to heaven. But you say, oh, that's pseudepigrapha. It happened all the time in, in ancient Jews. Well, those are liars. Mm -hmm. If you're writing a book under the name of an author that you're not, you're a liar. So once you do that and you believe that, then everything in this book is based on a lie. And I refuse to believe that because there's so much truth in it. Um, I can care less what the academics think. They have their own lot in the place of fire anyway for denying the Lord of Spirits. Right. But anyway, so I'm going to take my anger out on another show because I don't want to spend... 30 minutes on this show ranting, but I'm going to do another rant to those who are interested. And I'm going to talk about some of these uh, commentaries that I've spent a lot of money for reading and um, I'm just totally disgusted with it. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go back and talk about the, uh, the book of Enoch and the truths there. And this is the covenant with the righteous. And you have anything before I start? No, no. Okay. I am going to read. Uh, starting from chapter 58, verse 1. And I'm going to read a portion, and then Ms. Kapow and I are going to go back over that portion and then dissect it using Scripture like we have been. And then I'm going to read a last portion, and then we'll do the same thing. Right. Okay? So right. it's the covenant with the righteous. Chapter 58, the first book of Enoch. And it says, And I began to speak the third teaching about the righteous and chosen ones. Who are they? Those are you. You, the righteous and chosen, are blessed, for your final rewards are glorious. The righteous will radiate as the sun and live in the light of the giver of eternal life. They shall live eternally, and their days will never cease. Amen. How many people believe that? I do. Yes. Otherwise, wh wh why are we in? Why are we in this? What are exactly. we doing? If we if we don't have eternal life, then we're we're the most miserable of all men, like Paul said. Exactly. And they seek the light. As they seek the light, they shall find righteousness with the Lord of Spirits. Peace will be to these righteous from the Lord of the earth. Those in heaven will envy the blessings and lot of the faithful of the earth. For the earth shall be bright as the sun, and darkness will flee. How many of you want that day? Mm -hmm. Amen. When we live in a, in, a, in a world where there's righteous judgment and peace and justice and mercy, and sin is eradicated. The sin is yes. eradicated. Amen. Mm -mm. 
the light will be without measure and will continue for limitless days. Darkness will have been destroyed. Mm. Light will endure in the presence of the Lord of spirits as uprightness also endures before him forever. Mm. Now you notice all the reference to light, 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 light. Uh, and we're going to get into all of that. What's the covenant with the righteous is about light. And at that time, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip that part. Um, and, oh, that, and that's it. That's it. And then we'll, go, we'll, then we'll start in chapter 60 uh, once we go over those verses. Mm-hmm. All right? All right, T. Okay. Ms. Kapow, you're armed with the uh, sword. Okay. The very first one, 58.1, that says, And I began to speak the third teaching about the righteous and the chosen ones. The scripture that I want to refer to is in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, that reads, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Then the other scripture that I want to refer to is in Hebrews um, 8, 6 through 13. And it says, and it, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a covenant. And they're talking about the Lord, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Amen. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Mm -hmm. the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant he hath first made the old first I'm sorry, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Amen. That's the covenant that Yahweh makes with us the believers in Yahweh and the believers in his word. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, it's so important. When I say believer in his word, I'm not just saying this. I'm saying that's utmost of utmost importance. How can you believe in Christ and the redemption of your sins that he was God made flesh and was the final sacrifice if you don't believe 
in the words of God. Mm-hmm. And right there too, it it shows you that it's the spirit of the Lord that teaches us. Yes. Yes. He guides you into all truth. That mm-hmm. is, I, I mean, I, I constantly say that you, you don't need me. You don't need Miss Kapow. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't need an academic professor teaching you anything. What, what you need is, is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's that relationship with Christ. And, and then you get the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth Amen. and disclose things to you. And that's what makes it personal because everybody comes to Christ in a different um, part in your life. Mm-hmm. And he takes you from that point and teaches you the right way, the path of God. Yes. You get that word in you and he will make it come alive. He will give you a thirst for truth. Mm-hmm. If you make that effort and you crack open that, that Bible, crack open that scripture um, and begin to study, begin to read it, begin to desire to know more about uh, your future mm-hmm. with Christ and he will open everything up to you. Yeah. Because in Philippians is that teaching where it's the, it's the spirit of God that gives you that desire for God. And that's why when people think they've blasphemed the Holy spirit, you couldn't have because it's the spirit of God that draws you to him. Mm-hmm. You, cause we can't do it on our own exactly. we, as, as um, the, in the flesh, in our old nature, that nature wanted nothing to do with God. And can't have anything to do with God because it, it doesn't want to know God. No. But the very Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, the very life of God is what draws you to God. You see, that's why we can't boast and say, well, when, since I was little or whatever, I've, I've always had this um, desire to know God like it was a part of you because it wasn't. It was the, the very Spirit of God that was drawing you to Him. Yes. It's not in our human nature, in our fallen nature, to seek out God uh, in, in spiritual truths from God. It's just not in our nature. So mm-hmm. it's something the Spirit draws us to do. So as, uh, as we discussed here, the third teaching of Enoch deals with the covenant with the righteous. And that's what we're talking about, that covenant. Mm-hmm. Where he writes the law yes. in our hearts. It, it, there's the other thing. He writes the law on your hearts and on your minds. Not professor so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Not that's- pastor so-and-so. Exactly. That's the new creation in us. Yes. Yeah. You become a new creature. You literally become a new creature because your DNA physically and spiritually is all messed up from inbreeding, mm-hmm. from the watchers, from being separated. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're all born into sin. We have to become new. And that's the blessing of it. Mm-hmm. Enoch says, you, the righteous and chosen are blessed for your mm-hmm. final rewards are glorious. Yes. So blessings are promised to the righteous. Have you noticed too, the aura of God's presence will radiate from the saints of God. Mm-hmm. His very Just light. The light, yes. Righteousness and a lack of desire to sin will someday come upon the saints. Amen. Oh, glory. No desire. There'd be no desire at all to sin or to, to displease God or you know miss the mark. I mean, it just won't be there. Isn't that amazing? Because right. your whole nature's changed. Amen. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. And the ones in heaven, okay, angels, will envy the blessings of the righteous on the earth. There's a scripture that says angels wish to look into the mysteries that are being revealed to us. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? The angels 
desire to look into the mysteries that that we are experiencing. That's right. You know where it says uh, in Enoch 58, 2, it says, You, the righteous, are chosen and blessed, for your final rewards are glorious. If you go to Second Corinthians, um, do I have that one? Well, I can get it. But anyways, there's one in Second um, Corinthians four seventeen, where it says, "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far exceeding and e- eternal weight of glory." And then if I go to Second um, Corinthians, hold on, one twenty. Let's see here. Find it, Mister Capel. It's right here, Brother Capel. Find it says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So all of God's promises for all his children are yes. Amen. They're positive. Mm-hmm. That's, you have faith in God's word. God said that, then I believe that. That's right. I'm not going to sit there and scratch my beard and stroke my tie in the halls of a university because I have degree upon degree on the wall and I'm so smart. I know everything there is to know. I'm smarter than Peter and Jude. I'm smarter than Jesus because I'm so educated and uh, I just don't believe the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that guy. It says it. I'm going to believe it because it's the words of God. You can argue all day long about the Greek syntax and this word and that word. And you could spend all your days arguing over little diddles and dots and all that stuff have at it. But I take the words of God, the spirit behind what he says in context of the rest of the word. That includes the book of Enoch in context with the rest of the word. And then I believe it and I'm blessed. That's right. I'm blessed for my faithfulness, Mm -hmm. not my disbelieving. That's right. In Enoch 58, three, where it says the righteous will radiate as the sun and live in the light of the giver of eternal life. Remember in, in the book of uh, John, John seventeen three, Jesus says, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou sent. So the knowledge that we gain of knowing who God is and who Christ is and what he did for us and who we are in Christ, that is eternal life. Mm-hmm. That's life eternal, is that relationship with with God that we lost, um, you know, in the garden. Yeah. Yes. And Jesus even said in John eight twelve, he said that he is the light of the world, and that he that he that follows him will not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life, which is Christ Jesus. The light is Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And as we read Enoch. You can see that that word light is over and over. It's it it comes up all the time in this passage. Yeah, and remember in First uh, John three it says, "Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, the mm-hmm. seed of God." Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't sin. The new man does not sin. When we sin, it's the sin nature in us. But the new creation does not sin because we were born of God. So the more we yield to that new creature, the more we walk in the spirit, the less we have the desire to sin. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's, that's a, a real litmus test. That is a mark of your walk in the spirit. Uh, the less, less desire you have to, 
to miss the mark, to, mm-hmm. to live a life displeasing to God. It's that simple. Right. And the, um, in first John five, it says, and this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And remember the promise we have in revelation 21 says, um, in the new Jerusalem, the city had no need of the sun, mm-hmm. neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That's, that is gorgeous. That is gorgeous. Gorgeous. It really is. Um, especially in light of Enoch 58, four, where it says, and they seek the light and they shall mm-hmm. find righteousness with the Lord of spirits. That's Peace right. will be to these righteous from the Lord of the spirits. Mm-hmm. They seek the light. Um, and these things start when we become saved, but the full impartation of all this light does not come until we're redeemed. Mm-hmm. So we're actually caught up. That's right. And it says here, peace will be to these righteous from the Lord of the earth. And remember in um, Isaiah, it says that God is the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And I remember before coming to the Lord, how tormented I was. And um, now in Psalms 85, 8, it says, I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not again turn to folly. So it's following after God that gives us the peace. And in Second Corinthians 13, it says, Finally, brethren, farewell. This is Paul writing to the mm-hmm. church. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, mm-hmm. and live in peace, and the God of peace and of love shall be with you. To get that peace, that peace that does pass understanding, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, you can have peace in that in your um, storm of life. Mm-hmm. If you walk with the Lord of spirits. Yeah. It says, as they seek the light, mm-hmm. they shall find righteousness yep. with the Lord of spirits, right? Abide in him and he will abide in you. He is the vine. That's you abide right. there. You can't abide in your church or in your religion or in any teacher. You can't abide in the Kapow radio show. You have to abide in Christ. He's the vine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, 58.5 says, Those in heaven will envy the blessings and lot of the faithful of the earth. For the earth shall be bright as the sun, and darkness will flee. Mm. And First Peter says, Unto whom it was revealed, that not unto ourselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have been preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. Yes. That's the scripture I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. You know, the angels desire to look into these mysteries of salvation that we have. Isn't that amazing? Yep. The knowledge and wisdom that angels have, they they desire to look at these mysteries and stuff that, that we're experiencing. It's Mm -hmm. a new way to look at it. Yeah. About 58, six, where it says the light will be without measure. And will continue for limitless days. Yep. Darkness will have been destroyed. Darkness will have, there's no dark anymore. Light will endure in the presence of the Lord of spirits as uprightness also endures before him forever. Now that that's where I want to go to there. (laughs) I want to go to there. That place, 
I want to go to there. I want to go to there, yes. Yes, that's the place I need to be, okay? Because I'm a little getting a little irritated with this place down here. No. Yeah. I know. Say it isn't true. <laughs> Say it isn't true. Say it isn't true. Okay. Do you have any scripture on that? Uh, let's see here. We're talking about the light. Mm-hmm. And in, let's see here. In Genesis 1-4, where God says, he saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. So God is always separating the light from the darkness. Mm-hmm. Just like in our lives, we have to separate ourselves from the, the dark influences yes. that are here. And the one in Psalm 112-4 says, Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness, and he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Yes. And once again, Jesus says that he is the light, and those that follow him shall not walk in that darkness, because he is the light. He's the light. And you know that our present world is approaching a time when Jesus is coming back. And just as John the Baptist was a forerunner to the Lord's first coming, there's an army of prophets that are forerunners of the second coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you what, I honestly uh, believe that. And you're not going to find them on the Christian Broadcasting Network. You're not going to find these these true prophets on TBN. And you're not going to find them in any organized religion, any organized church. Just ain't going to happen. No matter how good they sound, because a lot of these cool hipster pastors I notice are stealing our stuff. They're stealing. When I say our stuff, people from the internet, regular people that have found Christ and have, um, are, are working through their salvation and their, their knowledge of the scriptures. These, these hipsters have, have hijacked that. And now right. they're trying to do sermons based on stuff, but they're still hipsters. They're still in a false religion. Yep. They're still in a, in a business model. Uh, Christianity that is uh, apostate. But in the last days, there's 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 a lot of people, and I'm not going to mention names because it shows that you know I'm endorsing certain people. But there are people uh, on YouTube. There's people on podcasts that um, they're they're not your traditional Christian Christians, but I know they're speaking in behalf of God, mm-hmm. and they, they have a gift. Yeah. What I've noticed is these people will have a certain gift given to them by the Spirit where they can see things, specific things that other people can't. Yeah. And it all kind of comes together. You know, this this one person seeing certain things in the sky, he's, or this other person is analyzing weather patterns, and they mm-hmm. see something's wrong. Another person's looking at, the, you know, the political aspect of things. Another person's looking, you know, and, it, and then it, all the pieces come together. And you go, whoa, whoa, this right. is the last hour. Mm-hmm. It's all these little shards of light yeah. that are that are piercing through the darkness. Yeah, and it's not coming through your apostate church people. I, I guarantee you, mm-hmm. folks, it's not coming through any mega ministry. That's right. The real truth. They might hijack some of it, but the real truth, it's you're not going. These people are, in the big scheme of things, are pretty much unknown. Yep. And since we are children of the light, we are to walk in the light. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians says, for we were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. You're the light of the world right now. Mm-hmm. You're the light of the world. And when Christ comes and the reaper angels come and they reap, you're going to be removed. Your job is done. And then there's going to be some 
people here, 144,000, will carry on the light. And then after that, the two witnesses will come and finish shining forth that light until it's all over. When Jesus comes with his army, like Enoch says, with 10,000s upon 10,000s at Armageddon. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end. So the light is beginning to dispel more and more darkness. It's it's like it affects the the twilight that's a, crept into the church. That's right. The twilight where it's it's neither dark nor light, it's just lukewarm. The Laodicean church, you know, where mm-hmm. God just spews it out of his mouth because it's disgusting. Yeah, it says in Jeremiah, give glory to the Lord your God before he caused darkness and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while you look for light, he turned it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. So Amen. there's a time that um, we can repent, and that's now. I wouldn't wait till later. <laughs> no, no, you, you do that now. And you'll, you'll find yourself being mocked. You'll, you'll find yourself being rejected by your family, your friends, your coworkers. You know, once you really go 100% with, with Christ and you just tap out and you go, I surrender all. Mm-hmm. All to thee, uh, I, I give you. My precious Lord, I just, I surrender all. And once you do that, you'll notice that um, you'll get some rejection there. And that's good. Yeah. That and even Jesus right said that ye shall be hated of all nations because yeah. of my name. Amen. Did you see all these, um, these, these scriptures about light? We were talking about being light. Um, where I think you read John spoke that God is light. Mm-hmm. And Paul mm-hmm. spoke that uh, God is dwelling in the light. Mm-hmm. Paul had met Jesus on the road to Damascus and there saw a great light. That's right. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Psalms 119, 130 says, The opening of thy words giveth light. Amen. Wow. The law is light. That's Proverbs 623. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 27, 1, Jehovah is my light and salvation. John 1, 4, did you read that one? The life was, was the light, light of, of men. men. I think you did. Isaiah records in Isaiah 42, 6 and 49, 6, that the Messiah was to come for a light to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5.14, Christ shall give thee light. And that's why once God is removed, that's it's, when you get total light. darkness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he is the light. Exactly. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist was referred to by Jesus as a burning and shining light. Mm. The disciples of the church age are called the light of the world in Matthew 5.14. Christians are called the children of light in Luke and John and Ephesians. So light is indicative of those who are following God and his word. The army of God receives a great revelation of light. That's right. And I have a scripture in John 16. Let me pull that one up. Yeah. John sixteen thirteen. Even when and, Moses came down from Sinai, his face shone like light from the glory of God, having been in God's presence. Mm-hmm. It looked like light. Stephen, right. when he was being stoned, his face was enlightened from the light of God. Amen. It's all over the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, John 16:30 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, and he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Spirit of truth is the Spirit of light. And once you speak the Word of God, then you become that Spirit of light. You shed light into a dark world. Oh, that's good. Yes. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, and that's what Kapow Radio Show does. We're speaking light into a dark world. You know, who hears it? I don't know. Who I don't know who's out there in the darkness. Mm-hmm. I can't see them. I don't know who they are. But we're speaking light into that darkness. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to live that, supposed to speak that. And there are some people, some Christians that will rebel. Some academics, like I'm going to talk about later in another show, who just refuse to believe the truths of God's word. And Psalm 107.10 says, Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, because they rebelled against the words of God. Mm-hmm. What did they rebel against? Um, the traditions of God? No. Did they rebel against the traditions of the church? Mm-mm. Did they rebel against their pastor or ordinances of communion or baptism? No, they rebelled against the very words of God. Mm-hmm. When God says something and then you don't believe it, you don't quite believe that to be true or can't quite, but you, you're, you're an unbeliever. Being an unbeliever isn't just being a heathen or a pagan or someone who's not saved. You could be a Christian saved once and be an unbeliever or a disbeliever. And guess what? You're not getting into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's you. You would be what Christ calls faithless without faith. That's right. You're apistos in the Greek. John one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. No, they couldn't get it. You notice, rebellion always starts with rebellion against the words of God. Mm -hmm. That's where the darkness really starts, once you quit believing uh, Ms. Kapow and I were talking about this the other day. We have a friend whose brother is an academic in California, you know, a PhD professor teaching at a so-called uh, Christian university. Um, I forget what the, the name of that university was. But... It's La Sierra University in Riverside. Oh, yeah. And Seventh-day Adventist. And, but he is a evolutionary evolutionary creationist. (laughs) Yeah, say that a couple of times. He is an evolutionary creationist. In other words, he believes that God created the world, but did it so through evolution. It doesn't even make sense. It makes sense when you're an academic beard scratcher. Uh, He's an expert in... I think reptilians or something like that. Literally. I mean, real snakes. He's, that's what he's an expert in. And, um, he, uh, yeah, I believe in God. I believe God created the world, but, uh, he did it through the process of evolution. In other words, I don't believe in the Genesis account. That's a myth. 
it's a mythos, you know, written to, you know, for ignorant people way back then to try to explain how the world came about, blah, blah, blah. In other words, you get my point. This is a disbeliever. If once you start disbelieving and rebelling against the words of God, then you go into twilight and then you go into darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So he's teaching other kids in a Christian university uh, evolution. And that's how God created the world. That's you might right. say to yourself, well, what's the big deal about that? It's a huge big deal because you're a disbeliever in the words of God. I just read to you Psalms 107.10 yep. because they rebelled against the words of God. In other words, that's Second Thessalonians. And because of that, God will send them a strong delusion because they believed a lie. Yes. And as Psalm says, they sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Amen. No. All right. Uh, let's see. Where should we go from here, Ms. Kapow? Well, how do we stay out of the darkness is by putting on the full armor of God. Okay. In Romans 13, 12, 14, it says, The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And even in Ephesians 4, 24, it says, And that you put on the new man, after which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness. And then again, Ephesians 6 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then Colossians, it says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So in other words, we're constantly renewing our mind. We're constantly taking away the imaginations, Mm -hmm. the way we used to think, the traditions of men, our own traditions, and replacing it with the word of God and start thinking like God. Amen. You you know what's amazing? I I love that, uh, Romans 13, 12. Uh, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And also the one you read in Ephesians, that you put light on, the light of Christ, like armor. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Why are you the light of the world? Just so you can just prounce around and um, beat your neighbors and your friends over their head with your Bible, and prove that you're right. Is that is that the existence? Why is the light called the armor in these scriptures? It's because the army of prophets are not putting on light to just prance around and glow and look pretty, but they put on light for the current battle against wicked spirits of the age. Mm-hmm. It, last week, I talked about the battle, and I talked about how how are you going to come back with Christ in the second coming in Armageddon? And last week's show was from Noah to Armageddon. How are you going to come back it, with Christ in his army? To fight in Armageddon, the wickedness, if you're not fighting now, at what point do you become a warrior? Mm -hmm. At what point are you not a coward? At what point, like in Revelation 21 says, you're not timid? Well, that point is now. That's right. You have to fight now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people are afraid of all kinds of stuff, you know, gang members and terrorism, and they're afraid of, uh, you know, Trump, and they're, they're afraid of everything. But... They're, they're they're unaware of the spiritual danger all around them. That's right. And the importance of putting on that light. Amen. 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 Let's take a short break, Miss Kapownis. All righty. And then we'll start with chapter 60 and we'll finish on out. Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Resisting and fighting the enemies of God. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. Visit fifthhookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Keep up the good fight. We are glad you joined Resistance. Welcome back. Welcome back, Miss Kapow. Thank you. To what you knew was right from the start. Amen. Welcome back to the things you once believed in. Uh huh. All you have to do is uh, put on the lights. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Does a little Chuck Gerard for you. Chuck Gerard. Circa 1970s. <sighs> okay. Enoch chapter 60. Change gears here a little bit. This is kind of, this is pretty interesting. It starts off, it says, in the 500th year, in the seventh month, and on the 14th day of my life. This is Enoch writing this. Whenever there's numbers and dates and stuff in Scripture and in um, an ancient book like this, it's there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a purpose for it. And so he says, in the 500th year, in the seventh month, and on the 14th day of my life, I was shown a tremendous shaking, the host of the Most High, an uncountable number of angels were extremely disturbed. Mm -hmm. Mm. I saw the head of days on the throne with holy angels all about him. Mm. A great fearful trembling seized me, and my legs collapsed, my being melted, and I fell prostrate. Michael, that's the angel that's showing him around, had one of the holy angels lift me up, and my consciousness returned, for I had been greatly disturbed by the sight of the shaking of heaven. And Michael asked, what sight disturbed you so much? Now, check this out, folks. Pay attention to this. Enoch answers, Today has ended the mercy and long-suffering of the Lord on those sinners of the earth. (gasps) Oh. It's almost like when God said he repented of making man and he will not always strive with man. Oh, yeah. It's the same language. Yes. And in verse six, and that we'll stop there. It says the punishing judgment is now on the way for the wicked. A judgment is coming, but for the chosen, I will make a covenant. Mm. And that is the end of the third teaching of Enoch, a covenant with the righteous. And that's how it ends for the wicked. A punishment is coming, but for the chosen, I will make a covenant. Now you've got to understand in the 500th year on the seventh month and the 14th day of Enoch's life, that was still pre-flood. And 
it's just like you said, Ms. Cabal, you said that reminds me of when God says, my spirit won't always strive with man. Mm-hmm. He has 120 years. In other words, he has 120 years before judgment's coming. That's right. He has 120 years to repent. And um, obviously he didn't because there's only eight souls saved. Only eight only out of eight. all those people. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-mm. And that was because of the watchers, the fallen angels, messing with the daughters of men and, and not only creating a hybrid race, but teaching them uh, knowledge that they shouldn't have been taught at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sorcery, you know, root cuttings, uh, things like that. We've been over all this, you know, before. Right. And so when, when Enoch is saying this, he's looking towards the flood, which had not happened yet, but he's also looking to the very last days. Jesus says, just as the days of Enoch, so will be the days of the coming of the son of man. Mm-hmm. This is the point we keep emphasizing over and over again. Jesus refers to these days when he's talking about his eschatological return, right. just as in the days of Noah. It'll be like that. So Enoch describes the days of the ending of the mercy and long suffering of the Lord. Is, is that to me when, when I read that, it just, my heart just like melts. Mm-hmm. When Michael asked, what site distributes so much? He says, today has ended the mercy and long-suffering of the Lord on those sinners of the earth. Yeah. That's it. There's a day where it's over. Yeah. There is a day that it's over. So this is shown to Enoch in the 500th year of his life. So this is 534 years before the flood. In Noah's day. So Enoch was raptured after 365 years in his life. So this was 135 years after his initial rapture that he sees this. All right. He is still alive as a human, even as he is now. He's still up there. But he is still alive in that 500th year learning from the Lord of all that's to come. So now this is what is interesting. This was the seventh month and 14th day. And so this was pre-Moses. So the year had not been changed yet. That's right. See, see Moses changed, um, you know, during that Passover, he changed it when they had left Egypt. Mm-hmm. So this would be, be pre-Moses. So this would be the original date. It would be the same as the first, the first month now, meaning it was the Jewish month of Nisan. Mm-hmm. And the 14th day of Nisan is now known as Passover, Passover day. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. So we've always had the Passover. <laughs> yes. That that day's always been important. Mm-hmm. Wow. Passover day. But on this particular one, guess what? Only Only eight were passed over. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So now God's going to show Enoch here that he begins to end the days of mercy long before judgment. Now that's, it's kind of good to take note of that. Mm-hmm. Long before judgment comes, God warns that he's going to end those days of mercy. And it's true because it that's what we've been hearing all our lives is the coming of Christ and getting our lives back together. And as the closer that we come, 
the more darkness comes, the more heresy. Mm-hmm. But then there's others out there giving that shout out to get to get ready. The yes. urgency, I yeah. think, is even greater now. It's it's foolish to think. Well, you know, I've been hearing this for years. Christ hasn't come yet. Isn't that what Peter said? That's what Peter says. <laughs> In the last days, people will scoff and mock and say, "Oh, how come he delays his coming?" And Peter says, don't be ignorant of this. Don't be, don't be stupid about this, that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years to the day of the Lord. And we'll get into that in another show about the, the 7,000 day theory, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is more than a theory. I, I believe it's true. Uh, as according to creation, he created the, the earth in six days, a day to the Lord's a thousand years. And on the seventh day, he, he rested that the millennial rest, the millennial rest will be um, at that 7,000 year mark. And um, we're right there. Anyway, so that's what Peter says. In the last days, they're going to mock and go, he delays his coming and blah, blah, blah. And it's very foolish uh, because God does show that long before judgment comes, he's going to end his mercy. Jeremiah announced the destruction of the temple the first temple, 50 years before it happened. Can you imagine being Jeremiah commissioned as a prophet to say that the end was coming 50 years before it did? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the discouragement? Okay, so after after two to three years of you saying the end is near, the end is near, repent, the destruction, and, uh, and then it doesn't happen. And then the kings that you're dealing with are all laughing at you, mm-hmm. ripping up your scroll, throwing it in the fire, yep. uh, throwing you in whales, um, yep. persecuting you. Now, 10 years goes by. How, how many people are listening to you after 10 years? And then, mm-hmm. then 20 years go by, and there's a whole new generation born. There's kids that were born when you were already an adult screaming about the end of days. Mm-hmm. And so now they're like, really? Who's this guy? That's right. And now they grow up and they're adults. They're now in their 20s and 30s, and you're still screaming about it. <laughs> and it doesn't happen till 50 years later. I, I, man, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. And then 12 years before it actually happened, 12 years before the destruction of the first temple, God told Jeremiah to quit praying for the people. <laughs> quit praying for them. It says, for their sins were so strong they would not repent even if he continued to intercede. So the last 12 years of preaching, the judgment was unavertable. Mm-hmm. He still preached like it. Re- Revelation says that the filthy still be filthy. Yeah. And the righteous still be righteous. Yeah. And, and we're still preaching. We're still mm-hmm. preaching it. And we're still saying the end is near. God's coming. Get get the light on. Get get your armor of light. And we're still preaching it. But um yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I know, you know, we have an audience, we have a Kapow listening audience who are believers and, you know, that they wouldn't be listening to us. They wouldn't understand what we're saying if they weren't. Uh, but I'm talking about people in the darkness, people out there. I mean, how many people are actually being converted? Um, I, I don't know of any, you know, in our ministry. But so it's the same in our day. You know, we just warn and warn and more darkness comes and uh, hearts are so hard. They don't, here they don't respond to the spirit's conviction or anything like that in revelation 10 miss kapow we are told there will come a time when there will be delay no longer 
Yep. You know that? They will be delayed no longer. So we're preaching, and we've been preaching uh, for 2,000 years, uh, yet it's getting darker and darker. Mm-hmm. The judgment's going to come. Now, finally, the Lord ceases to delay his coming. In Revelation 10, we see that. And there is a covenant possible for mankind. And here's the gist. Here's the, the whole kit and caboodle right here of, of this teaching. That Jesus brought that new covenant to mankind by his atoning death and victorious resurrection. Judgment is certain. Amen. But so is our covenant. And we have a choice, judgment or covenant. And too many choose judgment, even though some do it by default. That, that is that they don't accept the covenant, so they come under judgment. Yeah, just because you don't make a decision, that really is a decision. <laughs> yeah, a decision not to make a decision is a decision. You're right. And there is no, like I always say, there's no gray. It's black or white. You're either with God or you're not. That's you're right. either in the army or you're not in the army. There's no, you know, administrative job Amen. for you <laughs> in the office counting beans, Mm-mm. logistics. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Mr. Powell? Actually, I do not. You do not? I do not. Wow. Okay. So once again, we thank you for listening. We hope uh, this is a blessing to you. And we, and we appreciate those who have written to us and told us how much they enjoy these studies mm-hmm. because we do these things and the, the spirit like shows us stuff. We're like, oh, this is exciting. But we don't know if other people will find it exciting. So it's nice to know that you do. Exactly. And that it's ministering to you. This ancient book. Uh huh. Not in our canon is actually ministering to you because we're showing the scripture with it that it's scriptural and it's beautiful, and uh, that's why I'm so def- defensive of it. You know, I get riled up. So the next, I'm going to do a. This is a show six in the series, the covenant with the righteous. But I I'm going to do a six point five because I don't want to mess up the order that we're doing it in. I'm going to do a six point five a little. Uh, special addendum and I'm going to talk about some of these um, current commentaries Mm -hmm. these current works that are out there on Enoch and I'm going to tell you how bad they are and what to stay away from and what to what to listen for when the enemy comes and tries to steal that seed that the Holy Spirit just put in your heart amen okay it's just it is just like the parable of the sower the seed is sown and um it, you know, the, it, you could sprout up in your heart, but then when the sun comes down and beats on it, it withers. And that's uh, the world. That's when, you know, hardship comes or some intellectual comes and goes, oh, no, this is my blood. You got to just stick to the Bible, the canon. There's, you know, 15 guys in the Nicene Council, and they told you what you should read for the rest of your life. And you just have to believe that because it's tradition. Mm-hmm. And so then you go, well, I'm confused now, you know, because Kapow, man, they're talking about Enoch and these extra biblical books. They're extra biblical. And, um, and so then that seed that was in you about becoming warriors of light is now taken from you. And um, then you become a disbeliever and Mm. it goes downhill from there. I I'm warning you, I'm telling you the truth. And um, so, you know, you got to guard that. But in this next show, the 6.5 that we're going to do, I'll give you uh, some warnings, specific things Mm -hmm. uh, that are said so that, that, you know, all right. I think that's it. 
So we're going to end with um, I Pour Me Out. Once again, if you want the MP3, just email me, paul at kapowradioshow.com. And I will give you the MP3 via email. And uh, I thank those who, who've requested it uh, already. And um, once again, as far as I know, I'm the only guy who's ever written lyrics out of the book of Enoch as a worship song. All right. All right. Good night.
than any power Your power makes eternity Time and space are at the tip of your tongue Time and space are at the tip of your tongue 